Hey, Sweat Sisters. Welcome to the Pretty Girl Sweat Show, which highlights women who are balancing demanding careers with a healthy lifestyle and hurtling over personal and professional obstacles. I'm your host, Aisha DeVore Branch, and each week I have a sister-to-sister chat with an inspiring go-getter. And listeners learn how good things come to those who sweat. If this is your first time listening, what up? You could be anywhere in the world and you're here with me, and I really appreciate that. If you love what you hear, take a second to subscribe to the podcast so you get updates every time we drop a new episode. If you got half a second, leave a rating, which will help other sweat sisters in need of inspiration find our podcast. If you have a minute, please follow us across all social media platforms. We are at Pretty Girl Sweat on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, and YouTube. Use the hashtag Pretty Girl Sweat when sharing this episode. And if you have five minutes, please leave a review and let us know how we're doing. On episode 31 of the Pretty Girl Sweat Show, the queen of abs, Santia Dex, stops by. As a certified trainer and social media influencer with over 300,000 loyal and engaged followers, the former track and field collegiate athlete recently made history by becoming the highest paid woman to play professional football, signing a multi-million dollar deal with the WFLA. Santia is also a published author, a fitness model, TV personality, social media consultant, public speaker, and a TV host. Born in Greenville, South Carolina and raised in Houston, Texas, she has been running after her dream of success since childhood. Tune in to learn how Santia inspires others with her determination. Welcome to the Pretty Girl Sweat Show. Thank you. I'm excited to speak with you. I have so many questions, so many things <laughs> on my mind, <laughs> um, as well as our followers. They are definitely inspired by your journey, but want to know more. So I'm excited to um, speak with you to kind of get those details. And there's no better place to start than at the beginning. So if you could tell us about young Santia, how was it for you growing up? Sure. Um, so growing up, um, I mean, I grew up in a very loving home. Um, I was uh, literally pretty much born <laughs> athletic. Um, I remember when um, me and my twin brother went for like our two-year checkup. Um, I remember the doctor had told my mom that we like had the body of run- the body of runners. So he wanted my mom to put us in track when we got old enough, which was around seven years old. And, um, you know, from there we ran track from, well, I ran track from seven years old up until I was 23. So I ran through college. I tried to go pro and things like that. Um, but I grew up pretty, very much a tomboy. I, you know, like I said, I would, had a twin brother. I had two other brothers that I grew up with. Um, my older sister was always a lot older than me. So she was always kind of out the house. So I really didn't get, um, I guess a lot of time to kind of grow up with her in the house. So I was literally doing everything my brothers were doing, going to their peewee football practices. Sometimes when they had summer camps, I was always out there too, doing what the boys were doing. So, you know, I was like literally from the time I was four years old, you know, I was out there doing everything that the boys were doing. And um, my first sport was actually at four years old and I played tennis. And a lot of people don't know that, but that was my first sport. Yeah, I didn't know that. See, this is why we have conversations. <laughs> okay, yeah. so you were born, you and your brothers were born with track bodies. So did your parents mm-hmm. play sports or did they run track? 
So my bro- my dad didn't play any sports at all, but my mom, she she was athletic. Um, she she ran track when she was like in I think high school or something, but that was about it. Oh, okay. All right. What about healthy eating? Was that a part of your childhood too? So it was actually pretty interesting when I tell people this story because so me and my twin brother, we were very um very like health conscious at a very young age. I remember when we first started running track at seven, when we were like eight, eight or nine years old, we were like, you know what, we're gonna stop eating candy and stop drinking soda so that we can be like the best athletes we can be. And so like at nine, eight, nine years old, we like literally went cold turkey and stopped drinking soda and juices and things like that. And um, I, ever since then, I haven't, I haven't been doing that. <laughs> so uh, yeah, like, you know, we grew up in a very, um, I guess, healthy home, but we had our times where we were eating like the pork chops and, you know, all the other stuff that everybody's eat, you know, um, but we kind of did that on our own just because we were so in love with track. We wanted to be the best. Oh, that's awesome. I mean, can you please <laughs> give that mentality to my kids? Oh, my God. Oh. <laughs> okay, so what about fitting in with your peers? Um, you being an athlete, was there ever, you know, a situation where you felt like you just couldn't connect with your peers or were you immediately like a part of your peer group? You know, it was a it was a very unique situation with me because – and even to this day, like, it's very rare that I meet people that are like me at all. Um, I had two friends that, unfortunately, they both passed away. Uh, one passed away in college. The other passed away when I was in middle school. But those were the, my best friends, and they were the only two people that I've ever ran into that were anything like me. But I was also a very popular kid, which is kind of weird because I didn't fit in, if that makes sense. Like, I was that kid that um, was just super athletic, um, it's so, so much so athletic that I was doing things like I would go to school early to do bleachers and run track and run, like run a mile, you know, before the lights came on at the, you know, at the school or whatever. And I was staying after practice, lifting extra weights, doing all these things that my friends at that time, cause I was in middle school and high school. They're like, well, all right, what are you doing? What is, what, what is the point? And I just, I used to always say, I want to go to the Olympics. That was my goal since I was like in elementary school. Um, so I was always sacrificing my summers because I ran summer track and I had trainers and things like that. So I didn't have like the, you know, pool days and everything. Like I had a few of those, but my summers, mostly when I, when I think about my childhood, it was summer track. Like my parents sitting in like 110 degree weather <laughs> in the bleachers watching me and my twin brother run track, you know, that was like our summers. And so, um, you know, I was, I was definitely a lot more disciplined, you know, and, I think for my friends and stuff, they didn't understand me, but they loved me. I was like that mm-hmm. that different kid, but it, I was so different that it was like, cool, I guess. I don't know how to explain it because I was really popular, but I did my own thing. Like I didn't, when, when I saw kids getting bullied, I was that kid that would be like, hey, stop. You know, that's, we're not doing that today. So I would always take up for kids. I was always a yes, ma'am, no, no, sir, kid. And I remember like the lunch ladies would always look at me like, why are you, why are you and your brother so polite? <laughs> and, um, you know, but we were raised with, with, with manners and discipline and treat the janitor like the CEO. We, we, we grew up like that. And so, um, it wasn't, it was hard to fit in because I saw things differently than most kids, but I was also a very social kid to where like, I still had a lot of friends. So it was like a very weird, I don't know how to explain it. It was very weird. Very awesome. That's what I, that's how I, yeah. at it. I mean, <laughs> I mean, your parents obviously did a great job raising you all. Do you feel like you can, you know, credit them 100% for this 
you know? Oh, yeah. Okay, no other inspirations in your life that kind of pushed you to be so determined? Well, you know what? Um, another unique thing about me that I always say, um, and I think this is this even goes beyond my parents. Um, I, I grew up a very spiritual child. Like, I was very much into my faith at a eerily young age. Like, when I was, like, five and six, I understood who Christ was. And I remember, like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't lie. Well, I mean, I would, I did lie when I was a kid sometimes, but I wouldn't do certain things that most kids would do because I'd be like, oh, God's watching. You know, we was one of those, those type of kids, me and my twin brother. So I definitely give credit to my savior because I knew him so young that I feel like that is why I've been able to stay on such a straight and narrow path. And even when I fell off, I was able to get back on because I just had that type of faith. So I credit, but I credit my parents for obviously introducing me to Christ too. So, you know, they, they both, I guess both of those influences for sure. Oh, that's beautiful. Okay. Your coaches or one coach in particular that helped you kind of, whether you were an athlete and even when you, when you weren't an athlete, something that they told you or, you know, some kind of push that they gave you that helped you in your life. Tell us about that person. So I have to give credit definitely to my high school coach, Coach Roberson. Um, he was very, very tough on me, and I never understood why until he told me one day, and it, made, it all made sense. But I remember the one story that motivated me, and I always think about when, when times get hard or, you know, when I'm training and I don't want to train or I'm tired or whatever. I remember when I was in uh, high school, I remember he, I was, we were running like 400s, and I'm not a 400 runner, but he always expected me to win. So I remember we had, we were at practice and I remember I had did like two 400s and I was so tired, but I was winning. I won, every, I won both, you know, both races or whatever. And I remember I was like walking in the back of like the, my group that I, that I ended up beating. And I remember he came up to me and said, let me ask you a question. Do you want to be good or do you want to be great? And I was mm -hmm. like, I want to be great. He was like, okay, if you want to be great, I don't ever want to see you walking behind, behind anybody. I don't care how tired you are. You always need to lead because that's what leaders do. That's what winners do. They're always in front. And so ever since that day, I don't care how tired I am. I'm going to make sure that I'm walking in front of everybody. When is the, when um, I'm training, when I'm, when I score a touchdown, I'm going to make sure I run back to the huddle first or whatever, because I just have that mentality. Like, that's what greatness is. You're doing things that other people aren't doing. You know, you're, you're doing things that other people can't do. And then the second person I have to give credit to is my LFL coach. He told me something that I use in business now forever. And I always will. He, he, we were sitting in, a at a, one of our meetings, our football meetings. And he was like, remember, if, if, even if this football stuff doesn't work, remember, remember this one thing I'm going to tell you guys. He said, don't ever let the game use you use the game. And ever since, like, and, and I understood that that quote so so much because it's like there's so many athletes that when they leave from their sports, their their bodies are done, their minds are done, and they some of them leave broke, some of them have nothing to fall back on, some of them didn't build a business or you know build anything that they can pass down to their kids, and so like for me, like I'm doing something that's really hard because I'm a current athlete, but I'm also a business owner. And so, like, but I believe in using that time that you're in a game to your advantage, too. Don't just let the game take everything from you. So um, I use that, you know, every single day in business. Speaking of business, and it kind of leads me back to education. When did you make the decision to go to Texas A&M University? 
So <laughs> I actually, um, I had moved from Houston to Atlanta my senior year in high school. So I wasn't happy. You know, I was, I was actually really mad at my parents because I was graduating with strangers. Um, and I remember um, I wanted to go back to Texas. And my parents were like, well, if you want to go back to Texas, you better find, you better uh, have a great track season and <laughs> get a scholarship to Texas. And I remember that my senior year was probably my best year in track ever. Um, and I did end up getting a scholarship to Texas A&M Kingsville. And also, I mean, just being honest, I had a, my boyfriend was there. And so that also influenced me to go too. But I can say that I, I'm happy that I made that decision because I graduated on time. I made a lot of great friends and it was a smaller college. So I didn't have the distractions of going to Texas A&M, which I could have went to, but I was a girl in love, thought I was going to get married, blah, blah, blah. And I just followed my boyfriend. But at the end of the day, it, it paid off anyway because I got my degree and uh, I still have my friends and I've met a lot of great people. All right. We always do ask that question because well, well, we ask the question about relationships in college because sometimes that can really impact like your future, right? So. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I'm glad for you. It did work out the right way. It did. <laughs> okay. okay, good. All right, so when you got to school your freshman year, what did you hope, you know, when you graduated, um, kind of what your fate or your destiny or your future would be like? Man, um, going into college, you know, I was... I was super green, you know, I was very sheltered as a kid. Um, so I saw a lot of things that I, I wasn't used to seeing. Um, but when I went in there, of course, you know, I, I told myself I was going to graduate in four years. Um, and secondly, um, I wanted to go, I wanted to make sure that I could make the go professional, go be, or be a professional track runner. Um, and unfortunately that didn't, that didn't happen, but you know, that led me to something even greater. And, um, you know, I feel like everything happens for a reason. And I feel like track and field prepare me for where I'm at now. And I always credit track because I feel like that's my edge. My speed is always going to be the reason why, you know, I'm successful in whatever I do, because I feel like that's the way God built me. So, um, you know, it didn't work out that way. And I definitely didn't think I was going to come out of college being an um, entrepreneur. You know, I, I actually I went into college thinking I was going to be like a, a counselor um, or something like that. Or, and I actually ended up doing one thing that I wanted to do after college, but I did it in college. I wrote a book. So I wrote my book when I was in high school and got it published when I was in college. And it's, it's actually still in my, my college's bookstore and it's on Amazon right now. So I actually did something while I was in school. So, you know, things work out. <laughs> <laughs> they do. What would you say was the biggest risk you've ever taken for your career? Was it being an entrepreneur? Oh man, I'm gonna say that I'm gonna try to break this story down because I think this is like the defining moment of my life. Um, so I'm not gonna say any names, um, but when I was in college, I had a coach um, that wasn't so fond of me. I, to this day, I still don't know why. Um, but I remember when I went to practice the first day of track practice in college, and he said, "Well, what do you want to do? What is your goal?" I said, "I want to be an Olympian." He like laughed at me. And I was just like, okay. <laughs> and so we we always had this weird, strained relationship because I just felt like he was always picking on me. And I don't know if it was because I was just like a really, really nice person and I didn't talk back or I didn't do anything like that. And everybody else kind of did. I don't know if he just found me like a, you know, I don't know. I was an easy target. I don't know. I really don't know. But anyways, I remember my senior year um, of college, um, you know, I ended up uh, having to make a decision on going to nationals in a four by one 
and hopefully winning a national championship for him in a team and everything or starting my business. And um, my mom said, you know, your film date is on the same day that Nationals is, so you have to kind of figure out which one you want to do. And um, to be honest, I wasn't that fond of him, and I was like, I don't want to win a championship for him when I could be going and starting my life as an adult. And um, I remember I went to his office, and I said, hey, coach, you know, I just want to tell you that I'm in a position to start my business, my life, um, or go to Nationals, and unfortunately, both of these opportunities are on the same date. And... um, I'm going to end up choosing to go home so that I can start my business. And I remember he laughed at me and he was like, wow, you're going to have to do something really great in life to make up for this. And I, and I'm pretty sure you won't. Wow. (laughs) And oh my gosh, he just did not know that he lit a fire under me because when I, when I left, I, I, that same year, I, I, I filmed a talk show um, I, st- I had a, f- a DVD come out. I went on tour for fitness, a fitness tour. I did all these things. And I remember I came back like two years later and he, I saw him and it was very awkward. It was very awkward. And he was like, wow, I heard you're doing some, some pretty big things in life. And I was like, yeah, yeah. You told me I wouldn't. Hmm. And that was it. And I just walked away. <laughs> and, um, that was your proudest moment. Oh man. Yeah. That, that was probably because I, even to this day, I still have a chip on my shoulder because I just felt like I have to show him, like, you really messed up when you said that to me. Mm-hmm. And I use that, that like, I use him as almost like a, a, a stepping stone. And um, he just made me into this hungry animal to just do everything that I want to do despite what anybody tells me. And um, that's just my mentality now. So I thank him. Yeah. I mean, I thank him for that, to be honest. Yeah. He, he definitely lit that yeah. fire. That awesome. <laughs> wow, what a story. Okay, so being an entrepreneur, being an athlete, um, you have to be smart about money. So how are you smart about your money? Uh, this is a big issue for everyone. <laughs> we all yeah. Oh, man. Um, you know what? It took me a while to get to a point to where I was smart with money. Um, you know, I when I definitely graduated from college, I was just like, you know, we don't understand a lot of stuff. When we first graduate, we still think we just live in this bubble. But um, I think me getting hit by the real world and realizing, okay, I have to manage my money to live um, and to survive. And then I'm all about generational wealth. So like I always believe in, you know, saving so that I can have something to give to my kids and um, having more assets and things like that. So I think as I've gotten older and having my, my mom as my manager, I have a CPA and attorney and all these great people around me, they've helped to develop me into somebody that's also conscious about my spending habits and how to invest and things like that. So um, I think starting my business young, is, is a good is a really big reason why I understand money the way I do now. Um, so I do feel like you need to have some type of mentor or some someone that's guiding you when you are on that process of making money and, and trying to grow as a business and things like that. And um, I just was lucky that I had you know I had a great team around me. Now from college to this point, which we're about to discuss, how many years has it been? until you made history <laughs> as oh, the man. highest paid football player. Oh, it's been, uh, it's been six years. Wow. Six wow. years in the in the making. So um, I tell people all the time because um, I don't think people understand my how, how much 
I had to go through to get to this point, even beyond college, just even in my childhood, the disappointments, the not making it to not to, you know, the championships, to being almost there and then something happened. And um, I was always that kid that worked so, 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 so hard, harder than anybody else. And I just was never good enough. Or I was, I always got injured, so I never got to my full potential. And so I used to see my brothers, like my brothers were blessed with with amazing talents as well. Like my little brother never ran track in his life. First year he ran, he got a gold medal. Wow. My twin brother won nationals, you know, twice. And I was always at that, the, the one that was like, oh, she's almost there. She's almost there. Oh, oh, she got injured. So I was always the one that just didn't make it, but I worked so hard. And so like, if people understood how much I had to pick myself off up, up, up off the ground because I was like defeated all the time. And I still continued to go to track practice and I still continued to come back the next year despite everything happening. And so this victory, this is a really big victory for me, not just because of the amount of the contract or making history, but because I did not give up. I didn't give up ever. As much as I wanted to, I, I just couldn't. It was, it, was, it was something that was just inside of me that made me want to keep going. And I didn't know what it was until now. And it took... <laughs> took way over six years for me to get to this point, but I'm just, I'm just thankful that God, you know, kept, he, he lit a fire in me that I could, I couldn't put out even if I wanted to, cause it's beyond me. So, um, I, I don't know. It's still very surreal. I, I still get teary out when I think about it because my, my journey is just, it was, it was insane, but I, I'm just thankful that I'm here. What do you hope for for the future of the league that you're in, you know, compared to men's, you know, professional football? You know, how do you hope that the role you're playing in this league is going to kind of set the stage for other female football players in the future? Well, with this league, um, you know, I, I know that this is definitely going to change the whole structure of women's sports, period, outside of football, because I think we're setting the the such a such a high expectation now for women and what we deserve and so all this the women that play sports and they feel like they weren't getting what they deserved i feel like they will be getting that now because now everybody's going to be looking at these other sports like okay well they're getting this so why aren't these girls getting this right. so i just hope that we open up doors for these women to be able to cold like and, and, and like be able to take care of themselves without having to go and work another job and also be an athlete because I just never understood that. How are you professional, but you're, you're still having to go and work to survive? Mm -hmm. So I'm just happy that, you know, I, I really feel like this is going to push the envelope for that. And then all the little girls that have these dreams of being a professional athlete and being able to take care of their families like the men, like they now have that opportunity. So for me, it's, it's, it's always been bigger than me. It always will be bigger than me. And I just, I just, I'm excited about the next generation of athletes that now get to really, um, pretty much, you know, eat the fruits of, of what we've done, um, you know, with this league. And I'm just happy that I was, you know, chosen to be a part of this and help to pioneer this whole thing. But yeah, I'm just excited about women being able to get what they deserve. You know, it's about time. Now, if there is a girl out there listening, who's like, I want to be the next Santia. <laughs> I mean, how do they follow your path? I mean, there's not like the I mean, there's not widely like football teams available for them to practice and play on. I mean, they could be track athletes, but what do you have to do specifically to kind of get into this position or even try to potentially be in the league? Well, um, first of all, football is, is a very tough sport. Like we all know that. Um, 
But being a woman that's playing this sport, you have to be very thick-skinned. You have to be able to to mentally um, understand kind of like the X's and O's of football and just having the being a student of the game, first of all. be First, be a student of the game and then physically make sure that you're doing what you need to do as well, meaning eating good, uh, working out consistently, having other trainers that have played the game way longer than you so that, that you can actually learn from them. And not just having like your best friend who never played football out there training with you because y'all aren't going to get anywhere. So being able to humble yourself and allow somebody that has a lot more knowledge to teach you. Um, And then, you know, just having the mentality that if you want it, that you're going to go get it. No matter what the obstacles are, no matter what people are going to say, because there's there's not going to be everybody's not going to be happy that you play this sport. You know, I have a lot of people that aren't happy now. <laughs> um, but if you want it, then go get it and do whatever it takes to, 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 to have it. And then as far as, like, how you get into this league, um, make sure that you have you have good film. So when you're playing flag football or you're playing rugby or whatever other sport that you're playing, that you have enough film to actually send to the, to the you know, the league owners and um, the team owners so that they can actually see what you can do. And, um, you know, make sure you go to the, the tryouts and things like that, because there are tryouts and there are combines and things like that. So just making sure that you're keeping up with what's happening with the league so that you when that opportunity comes, you're there. Um, but, yeah, the main thing that I can say to any, any little girl that, that wants to be in this position is if you want this dream, you can have it, but you got to go get it. And it's going to it's going to be a lot of obstacles, a lot of roadblocks. But if you want it, go get it. You also run the Girls Can Do It Too Foundation. Um, yes. Tell us a little bit about your programs and the results that you're seeing. So we actually have not um, officially started it. Uh, we were before all this this stuff happened with the football um, contract and everything. But we are going to be launching it this summer. But pretty okay. much with my lead with my uh, foundation, I'm sorry. Um, what what is going to consist of is camps. So I'm going to be doing speed and agility camps for girls all over the country. Um, and teaching them the fundamentals of just how to actually uh, become like a uh, a speed athlete. So teaching them like how to do ladder drills and how to do cone drills and things that we as little girls weren't ever taught or introduced to until we were much older. And, uh, you know, I always felt like, you know, having a twin brother and being able to be out there with him, like they had so many opportunities to be great at a young age. They had all these camps, these training facilities. They had, you know, men like ex-NFL players, ex-MLB players come in and talk to them about how exactly they got to where they got to. But when I was younger, there I never one time had a female athlete come and talk to me about how to make it to be a professional athlete. I never had anybody anybody that could help guide me or I could go and talk to. So I want to be that person for these little girls and tell them, like, for example, as a, as a woman going into college, we have a lot more to worry about than men. We can get pregnant, we gain that extra weight, things like that. So they need somebody that can show them and tell them, like, hey, don't make this mistake. Get on birth control if you're going to be sexually active. Things that men don't have to worry about because they just, they're men. So it's like, I want to help be that kind of that, that, that guide, that, I guess that person that guides them in the right direction. And so that with these camps, you know, we're going to have Q and A so they can ask me whatever questions they want to ask. And we're going to have other professional women come in, athletes come in and talk to these girls as well. Um, so it's going to consist of camps, speaking, and then I want to give away um, some scholarships to girls as well to get to go to go to college. So oh, I'm excited about it. I'm excited. I'm excited. <laughs> I can't wait to see how it blossoms and you know flourishes. So keep us posted on that. Um, Definitely. So 
favorite books or really your favorite book? What is one thing that, one book that you've read that has really changed your life? Oh man. Um, so I'm a huge fan of Gary Vee. So I've like read all his books. <laughs> um, but when it comes to social media, he is definitely like someone that I look up to tremendously because he's very raw and he gives it to you straight, no chaser. And, um, I like how, you know, how passionate he is about pretty much motivating the youth that's already on social media to actually do something productive on social media. And, um, I have, because I am so, you know, I'm an influencer and I make every single dime from social media. I think, having someone like him that I I've been following for years that has also, I've actually used some of his, you know, um, the things that he says in his books for my own business and seeing like, you know, that actually come into fruition, you know, it's, it's, it's amazing just how intelligent this guy is and, and just how whatever, honestly, everything he's saying is true. Even if it hurts somebody's feelings and things like that. And so like, I've been able to help other people that want to also flourish on social media through listening, um, to him. So honestly, I think Gary Vee is definitely one of my biggest, biggest, uh, I guess, idols when it comes to like how I want to structure my business in the long run. Um, but I've read so many good, so many good books in my life, to be honest. But I think the one that sticks out to me for sure is Gary Vee. Yeah, Gary Vee is awesome. He's one of my favorites too. I've read a few, yeah. quite a few of his books as well and watch all of his, you know, YouTube videos. Yeah, books. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So how's your sleep? How, how many hours do you sleep every night? Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> Um, my sleep pattern definitely varies, which is not good. Um, I would not recommend being like me when it comes to that. Um, I get maybe like, I don't know, five to six hours of sleep, but I definitely as an athlete should be getting like at least eight. Um, so I'm working on that. You know, I'm working on shutting my brain down, you know, a few hours early, taking my phone and putting it under my bed or whatever I need to do. Um, but yeah, I probably get five to six hours, but I definitely recommend everybody getting at least eight. <laughs> and what's a small thing you do each day that makes you happy? Um, what do I do? I know this sounds so cliche, but working out makes me happy. <laughs> it really does. Like being able to see like my training buddies and laugh with my my you know teammates and stuff like that. Um, I don't know. Like it just it's just something that makes me happy and just honestly just makes I don't know. It just makes it all worth it. Um, because I've built so many strong relationships through fitness and working out. Um, and I just love it. Like it's, it's just part of my life. Now playing a sport is kind of fun, but are there any other like group fitness activities you do to make fitness fun? You know what? I'm actually about to start yoga. So <laughs> I let, I'm going to see how this goes. Um, but I really don't do anything outside of, I think cause I train so much. Like I just don't even have energy to do anything, but I am looking for something that I can like, that isn't as intense. So of course yoga is something that most athletes do and I'm not the most flexible person. So I think this will be something that will not only be just like, you know, relaxing, but also help me become a better athlete. Well, we have a yoga event coming up, so if you're in town, I'm gonna have you oh, come. Oh yeah, to I need to, I need to be there. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so your gym bag. What's one thing that's always in it? Um, definitely my cleats. Okay. My cleats and my mouth guard. Um, for because I just never know when I'm gonna have to play like a game of football or I got to get on the field and do some type of drill. So I always have my cleats and I always have my mouth guard. Okay. And if I were to look at your workout playlist, which songs would be on it? 
Oh my gosh, my playlist is so weird. Um, <laughs> I have like gospel, country, um, pop, hip hop. I have like everything that you can think of, no matter how old or how young, is probably like in my playlist. Oh, that's good. I like variety. I do. I do. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. <laughs> okay, now looking at you, people probably think that you never have a cheat day, that you just eat well all the time. But oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> when you do want to have a cheat day, what's something that you have to have? Okay, so literally last night at one o'clock in the morning, I had cookies and cream ice cream. So I, I am such a sugar person, but I, I don't know how I contain it because, so for example, like my, my kryptonite is Starbucks. Those mocha frappuccinos, I just cannot, I don't know. I think they put crack in that, to be honest, <laughs> because I have to have Starbucks like at least once a week or I feel like I'm dying. So like, that's like my, I just, it's my weakness. I can't, I can't get enough of Starbucks. I wish I could own one. Like I really do. Right? Stock options in it or something. Right. <laughs> well, um, okay. So say if you're heading on a flight and mm-hmm. you realize you forgot this beauty product at home, what, which, which, like, what is something that's going to make you go all the way back home to get it in the time? Oh, man. My found, no, it would have to be my eyeliner. I like, I can wear, I don't have to wear anything else, but I have to have eyeliner on. Like, that's my thing. If I don't have eyeliner on, I feel completely naked. Okay. So I have to have eyeliner for sure. And what about deodorant? What's your favorite brand? Um, what is my favorite brand? Degree? Okay. Definitely degree for sure. And when you hear the words, pretty girls sweat, what do they mean to you? You know what? Um, that it actually aligns perfectly kind of with my brand. Um, because I tried to brand myself not only as this beastly athlete, but also as an athlete that is still very feminine. Um, and I like to say, get you a girl that can do both. That can be, that can dress up, kill it in a dress, blah, blah, blah. But also someone that can go out there, kill it in the gym, you know, knock some heads off on the field, dunks on somebody, juke somebody, whatever that, whatever it is, you know, that you can still be this pretty beautiful athlete, but also be someone that's out there killing it. And the perfect example of that, and she's my idol to this day is Flojo. Yes. She was gorgeous, makeup, hair done, nails done, but couldn't nobody touch her on the own track ever. To this day, she's still the fastest woman that ever did it. Yep. So it's like she has always been my idol, and that's who I've always looked up to. Wow, well, thank you for that. I mean, that's the main reason why we chose those these words, because so many girls aren't playing sports for that reason, because they think it's too masculine or they can't mm-hmm. be themselves. And it's like, no matter if you're masculine, if you're not, if you're feminine, like you can play sports, so... Exactly. All different, you know, um, categories of sport continue to change and like more girls feel like it's inclusive for them. They want to get involved because of incredible athletes like yourself. So thank you. Yeah. All right. So what's next for you? Man, um, I have so much coming up. So it's unfortunately it's a lot that I can't even talk about, but um, I, I'm going to be doing some TV stuff, some more TV stuff. Um, I'm going to actually be doing some stuff for the combine um, this week. Um, I have a shoe line coming out. I have a clothing line coming out. Um, and the rest I can't really talk about, but all I can say is just stay tuned on my page. Um, I post everything that's happening, you know, as far as like business and sports. So definitely keep up with everything that I'm doing. And my first exhibition game for the WFLA is actually May 6th in Vegas. So if you guys are 
somewhere near Vegas, definitely come out and, and support. It's going to be a lot of fun and everything. So, yeah, and I'll definitely make sure I post my schedule for the season or the exhibition season so that you guys can know exactly where all my games are. Please do. Please do. And if there's one last important thing that you could share with our audience, what would that be? I would say um, to not put limitations on your life. Um, I, I remember being told that, you know, you, you only need to be focused on one thing. When you're focused on two different things, that's, that's, that's just not possible. And I feel like I never listened to that because I literally, if I feel like I want to do something, I'm going to figure out how to do it. You know, um, so if you want, and like I said, the main thing that I'm going to keep saying is if you want it, go get it. And that's, that's just period. So, um, yeah, that's what I would say. <laughs> and that's Santia Deck. Be sure to follow her on Instagram at TrackBaby001 and on Facebook at Santia D. And if you want more information about her career, head on over to QueenOfAbs.com. Just one more thing before you take off. Do you want to get a short email from Pretty Girl Sweat every Monday and Friday that serves as a daily dose of all things inspiring and allows you priority access to our upcoming events? Just go to PrettyGirlSweat.com. That's pretty girls with an S, sweat.com. Drop in your email and you'll get the very next one. And if you sign up, you'll soon discover that there's no hood like sisterhood. Until next time, always remember that good things come to those who sweat.